0: our statutes and our and our elected and appointed officials just like at the drum everybody kind of has a job there's those that take care of the drum there's those that warm the drum there are the singers there are the ladies everybody has a role to make sure that that ceremony is done for uh, for the people really you're you're serving the people and it's the same thing with government you are serving the people
1: Hello. Welcome to Native Lights, where indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem.
2: And I'm your other host, Cole Primo. Waits for joining us. Native Lights is, at its core, a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Every week, we have wonderful conversations with great guests from a whole lot of different backgrounds. These amazing people are policymakers, healers, artists, you name it. And we're hearing about their gifts and how they're sharing them with their community, that and much more. It's definitely our privilege to help amplify fellow Native voices, and we're continuing that mission today. So, what is up, Leah?
1: <laughs> well, you talked a little bit about community at the beginning, and I have been hearing these these um, chatters, these rumblings about Native TikTok. Yeah. Have you heard of it?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I've had some of uh, my friends forward me some, and I've seen some, you know, just organically on Facebook. I actually don't subscribe to TikTok, so it's going to be a a wonderful episode to learn more about that.
1: It's pretty cool. I'm not on it either, but I keep seeing video after video pop up of just really beautiful regalia or little lessons. I don't really know the first thing about it, except it's (laughs) basically short videos. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... We'll have to ask our guest a bit more today about it, Definitely. see if he can change our mind a little bit, or at least help me uh, learn how to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk to a lawyer and citizen of the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe, Sinjin Kanasatega. Nice. And we are going to learn about his path to becoming a lawyer and his storytelling and humor shared on TikTok. Nice, so nice. it's pretty cool. He's got some great videos on there that kind of explain tribal sovereignty and some other ones that are a little more uh, humorous, mm-hmm. I think. So he has a pretty good diverse uh, group. Group of videos there. Nice. Sinjin is currently the legal and policy counsel for the band's Office of the Chief Executive, and he went wow. to the University of New Mexico School of Law and he graduated in
0: 2015.
1: Hey guys. Bonjour. Hey, bonjour, Sinjin. How are you guys? Good. Do you want to do video today? Sure. <laughs> All right.
2: All right. Uh, Bouju Sinjin, could you just start by uh, you know introducing yourself and maybe giving a brief background?
0: Sure. Uh, my name is Sinjin Kanasatega. I'm a uh, Malax band member, and I'm uh, I'm the legal and policy counsel for the office of Chief Executive Melanie Benjamin at the uh, at the band. Nice,
2: nice. So, how are you and your family doing during the pandemic? How are you feeling at this moment?
0: Doing good. Um, made it through without um, without catching catching the sickness, and we're all uh, vaccinated, fully vaccinated now. So um, now that the governor is allowing fully vaccinated individuals to go without masks, that's that that that's a little bit of an adjustment. It's kind of weird, but it's a good it's a good adjustment.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about your work a bit you said you are the legal and policy counsel for the band's office of the chief executive. What, what in the world does that mean?
0: <laughs> so chief executive Benjamin said that she's never, she never really had a lawyer in her office before. And she's been in office over 20 years of, of, uh, of service in that position and she never had a lawyer. So she hired me in, uh, 2016 and I was, um, Fresh off of uh, passing the bar exam at that point, I graduated in 2015 and she was, uh, I think she was coming off of uh, another uh, victory in election. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said that she needed, um, she wanted to establish firm policies and she could use uh, a legal mind to help navigate the band statutes and the, uh, uh, and how they relate to the, to the Minnesota Chippewa tribe and its constitution.
1: So is that what you focus on then?
0: Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. I'm mostly involved right now with the uh, um, Constitutional Convention uh, process that is currently going on at the Minnesota Chippewa Tribe level. Um, just assisting Chief Executive Benjamin and, and lending a hand to uh, Secretary-Treasurer Sheldon Boyd, and also our uh, our uh, delegates that are representing the band at that convention. Great.
2: Sweet, sweet. Um, I was reading this, you know, bio of you, uh, and it said that you're, you know, one of the few band members, you know, in, Minya, uh, in Mille in Malax to get a law degree uh, in the Malax band Ojibwe. How does how does that feel? Yeah. And you know, how is it? How important is is it for more, you know, native
0: folks to get into this line of work? Oh, I think I think it, I think it's vital. So I've been told I am the. Th- Third band member. Uh, so I think that there's a uh, another band member who graduated same time as me. His name is Arik Robertson down in Minneapolis. He graduated from the University of Minnesota. So we were numbers two and three. And I believe the first one was an individual named Sarah Oquist. I believe Sarah and Arik work for Malax Corporate Ventures. So they're on the business side of things, whereas I'm on the the band government side of things. I'm the I'm the as I understand it. I'm the first band member lawyer to to work within the band government and that that's been that has been wild Mm. because our uh our statutes are our our form of government our division of powers form of government is is it's based on our culture and so there's a blend of law and culture in how we govern and to bring that that legal aspect as well as um I, I I helped take care of uh of one of the ceremonial drums here in Minnesota uh here at Malax with uh Mick Davis. And uh to bring that perspective also and blend those into my role has been uh very unique. I, it, yeah.
1: <laughs> Can you give us an example of how culture and law blends together?
0: Oh boy, that's so my my understanding of our of our statutes and our and our elected and appointed officials our our five elected officials the chief executive secretary treasurer and the the three district representatives Mm -hmm. as well as the commissioners um and the judges just like at the drum everybody kind of has a job there's those that take care of the drum there's those that warm the drum there are the singers there are the ladies everybody has a role to make sure that that Ceremony is done for for the people. Really, you're, you're serving the people when you're on a drum. And it's the same thing with government. It, you are serving the people. And so the commissioners and the appointed officials and the elected officials are, are performing the same role. And so it's kind of, if people kind of keep that in perspective on the government side of things, you kind of approach service from that good place in, in your heart. The same way but when you go to ceremony, you kind of let go of the, the, you don't pay attention to kind of the, uh, the politics and uh, struggle for power, you know, that can sometimes, well, oftentimes, you know, seep into politics in, in government settings.
2: You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're hearing from Sinjin Kanasatega, Legal and Policy Counsel for the Mille Band Office of Chief Executive. We're talking about his work and much more. So, uh, Sinjin, I saw uh, that you, you worked with Amik, Larry Smallwood, uh, in the Ojibwe language program. Could you tell us about working with Amik? You know, we love him. Um, we, he's, <laughs> may he rest in peace. And, and just like the language program, yeah. uh, any fond memories?
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, he... Boy, he leaves a gaping hole, doesn't he? That just, it just doesn't yeah. seem to get filled. It, it, it's got to be, it's got to be filled collectively mm. by, by a number of people. Mm. While Mick was, was a director of the immersion grounds. Yeah. Before I went to law school in 2012, I was, um, I was actually in a policy position within the band's department of education. I was working under, uh, yeah, under the commissioner of education, Dennis Olson at that time. And I was fortunate enough to to be assigned to work with with a Mick by uh, Commissioner Olson at that time. And, and the directive was, let's see if we can get this language um, teacher training program going. And so I got to spend like half the week out in Rutledge and just just hanging out with a Mick. You know, that's you know, half yeah, you know, <laughs> spending half a time with half a week with with a Mick is that's a lot. <laughs> um so we, we, we did end up getting the, uh, um, the program off the ground. You, you guys would know when you're around a Mick culture is, is gonna come into the conversation. And and he taught me darn near everything I know. He was, he was my teacher as he, as he, you know, and I'm sure he had many, many, many students. He taught me how to talk for a dish, um, you know, uh, a basic a basic talk and he said that's all you need that's all you need and and then when 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 Mick davis asked me to to help um, help him take care of that drum you know I my first thought was a Mick and and I wish that a Mick was was still around to teach me the ropes and teach me how to uh, um, talk at the um at the ceremonial drums which actually I'm supposed to um I'm supposed to go see your dad about here within the next uh within the next two weeks. So mm-hmm. um, so I have found several other teachers after uh, after Amik left us.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, I mentioned in our email that Amik played actually a pretty big role in the direction of this podcast and radio program mm-hmm. uh, just from the very start, from something that I learned from him during a, a language table co- conversation about making sure to use our gifts. Yeah. And so his his presence is here um uh even in these conversations that we do.
0: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be weird not hearing his him at the MC stand uh in Palo.
1: <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah. yeah, it's still different. Yeah. yeah.
2: Just he commanded
0: yeah, that. Even
1: these 5 years later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I miss I miss those those uh, that distinct sound that his boots made on the on the, uh, the ceremonial yeah. jump building floors. Yeah,
2: I had a pretty random uh, question for you uh, as part of my in-depth investigations into these interviews. I Googled your name and I noticed you have a <laughs> Twitch account. Uh, could you tell me about your interest <laughs> in you know streaming video gaming? Has it? Al- I've always been a bit curious to do
0: streaming, and I was just curious about that. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that actually started because of the pandemic because yeah, everyone had to stay, stay home. And so I I can tend to um, spend too much time on the law and all that. So I I figured, you know what, I got to find something else to do something, take my mind up, just give me something fun to do. I have to balance out the life. And so I figured play all the old games that I enjoyed playing when I was a kid, build a PC, get a, get a camera and, and and stream i don't have that many followers but then i also i, I created a, a tiktok account and um ended up kind of making some some legal legally native videos oh, yeah. on on that yeah and um yeah just just all to interact with people and um yeah it, it worked i met many many um interesting people great
2: we're a. Uh... We're gonna get into the TikTok stuff, but just so people listening know, oh, Twitch okay. is the is a video game streaming service, and it basically shows you playing the game and shows shot of you also playing the game. It's, it's interactive for video gamers, and I could tell that Leah didn't understand what was going on. So,
1: I, <laughs> see, is the, are these the videos that my kid watches? Yeah, all day probably long with Minecraft. Must, it it, must it
2: happens on YouTube, you know, Twitch and <laughs> Facebook and stuff like that. No. <laughs> It's legit.
1: We're always like, Marvin, can you play Minecraft instead of watching people play? And he's like, no, I'm getting inspiration.
2: <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Got it. Okay. I always wondered how they made those videos. <laughs> so, Sinjin, I- I'm glad you brought up TikTok. I looked up your TikTok stream. Um, oh. <laughs> a lot of uh, videos there of various um, subjects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and, and you know, a couple about uh, tribal sovereignty and more yeah. of the serious note um, of things, as well as humorous. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, tell us about TikTok. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Because I, I'm not a big social media person. Mm. I have I have some accounts here and there that get updated when I remember. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us a bit about it and kind of the 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 native TikTok uh, presence on
0: it. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. I, I I have a Facebook profile, but I don't. I mean, I've started kind of using it in the last week or two. But mm. TikTok at first was just it was kind of one of those things that I was kind of avoiding last summer when I heard about it. And um, my stepkids would watch it all the time, and uh, and I was just kind of oh that's that's stupid. I don't want. It. Why do you guys watch so much TikTok? And then. <laughs> you know, when you're laying in bed at like two in the morning and just, you can't sleep and you download TikTok. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of funny. And then, um, and then you spend, and then you end up watching TikTok for like an hour or two in the middle of the night and lose some sleep. And, and then I, um, last fall, I, I discovered the this big native TikTok community and they're just all over the country and up in Canada and, you know, even natives from, uh from South America, and it's been amazing meeting all those all those people and seeing what they bring and, and seeing who they are in this in this world. And when I decided that I wanted to make a TikTok, I, I, I thought, I suppose I could bring I, a, a legal slant to things. Um, you know, th- there are other native lawyers out there, but I didn't see any legal TikToks for that, that pertain to tribal sovereignty. And, and I figured, well, you know, maybe that's something people would be interested in. And um and I and I guess so, yeah. People have found it interesting and 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 very engaging and have found that they care about their homes, their tribes politics, you know, as much as we do. You know, Blacks band members and 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 Minnesota natives really care about tribal sovereignty.
1: Yeah. Yeah and it seems like a great way to like like you said build community um and be a part of community.
2: Could you quickly just give us an example of one of your you know more one that you like more
0: or just one of your top TikToks that you like? I think one that I liked was um was kind of responding to to Rick Santorum. I don't know if you guys saw that Rick Sant what he had to say about. Him. Yeah, yeah. We've
1: kind of we've we've uh, complained about him on this program a couple times. Oh my god.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just I just thought what you know what a thing to say about a group of people, mm-hmm. um, and that that made me think of uh, that made me think of that story. Chief Kanasatego. I need an I want you to check out Rick Santorum here.
2: From nothing. I mean, there's nothing here. I mean, yes. We have Native Americans, but, have, but candidly, that, that, there isn't much Native American culture in American culture.
0: I have a little ratchet demonstration to show our contribution to American culture. You see, in 1744, at the signing of the Treaty of Lancaster, Onondaga leader Kanasatego urged the 13 colonies to unite to form a strong nation, just as the Iroquois Confederacy had done. Canasatego presented Benjamin Franklin a single arrow. Benjamin Franklin was confused, so Canasetago snatched the arrow back, and he broke it over his knee. Canasatego then presented Benjamin Franklin with 13 arrows. Benjamin Franklin was still confused, so Canasatego snatched the arrows back, and he tried to break them over his knee, but he couldn't. Canasatego was demonstrating the strength of unity. Congress even recognized his contribution in 1987 when it passed Concurrent Resolution 76, recognizing Native contributions to the formation of the Constitution. That was actually a mick who told me about Chief Kanasitago. He was uh, I was living in Albuquerque. I think this might have been 20 Oh, it was actually right before I graduated law school. Um I it was uh, one weekend night right before um graduation and uh a Mick sends me a text message, "Hey, turn on history channel." And um and they were talking about um the Iroquois and um and he said, "There's a guy named Chief Kanasitago." I was like, "That sounds like a, that's like my name. What do you mean? It's spelled with a C and it's got a Oh at the end. And uh, he said, Yeah, that's pretty he said, Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty weird. I was like, Yeah, because I don't I honestly don't know where the name Canasatega came from. My dad is an adopted native from the East Coast. I don't he's never explored his family history out there. So I don't, you know, I don't know where that traces back to. It must trace back to one of those Iroquois tribes.
2: Yeah, so they're they're pretty short videos, right? The TikTok. Yeah, I think they're like sixty
0: seconds right now. I,
2: I think. Gotcha. And what's it like, you know, having to condensing that information into like a <laughs> short blast of video?
0: It's tough. It's 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 already hard enough. Sometimes trying to boil down um, legal stuff for non lawyers to to understand, and and to do that in the sixty seconds, yeah, you really have to cover it in some broad strokes. Um, And sometimes you have to do it in a, in a series of videos. (laughs) And so sometimes that, that involves kind of writing it out on a piece of paper, like here's what I'm going to say. And then, and then like several, several takes um, and then editing and deleting and um, yeah, but but TikTok is really uh, forgiving about that and has some very nice Mm -hmm. um, tools to help you with that process of uh, cutting things down.
1: You're listening to native lights where indigenous voices shine Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, today we're hearing from Sinjin Kanesatega. Sinjin is a lawyer and TikTok content creator and much more. So I want to kind of circle back to your legal career. So you graduated from the University of New Mexico School of Law um, a few mm-hmm. years ago now. Was was the school supportive in studying law related to tribes?
0: Absolutely. That that was actually the thing that attracted me to apply to um, University of New Mexico. UNM Law has several Native law professors, and they offered several, several different courses that explored different aspects of uh, federal law that applies to Indian tribes, And uh, I believe my graduating class had maybe a dozen native law students. So Hmm. New Mexico was definitely the place to be for for native law students, but it's not the only one. There's Yeah, there's uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Michigan, Michigan State, University of Minnesota too, Um, Berkeley, I understand. There definitely are a lot of schools that have strong uh, programs for native students
1: great and i i want to make sure to ask about your own gifts like what do you view your own gifts to be that um, you give back to the community because i feel like cole and i can probably see and sense what those might be but what do you feel there
0: i thought about it from time to time and it reminds me of of something that a mix said and 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 others have said that you know how gift, gifts are sometimes things are placed before you for a reason and you go through different experiences for a reason. You may not know what that reason is for long down the road, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you look back and you find out, huh, yeah, maybe, maybe I went through that time to, to prepare me for this time. And I think, I think it, I think it's writing. I mean, I don't, I don't consider myself, you know, like the best writer ever, but I would consider myself a fundamentally strong writer, I believe mm-hmm. because in the legal profession, you have to be able to get what's in your brain onto a piece of paper clearly and concisely because if you're if if you happen to be um, arguing before a judge, well the judge reads papers all day, he doesn't want to spend um, an hour on yours and jumping you know jumping back a couple pages or back a couple paragraphs and You know, you want to be able to make a a a fluid argument, and um, I didn't want to be a lawyer until like 2010. My dad was a lawyer, and growing up, I I I saw how hard he worked. Uh, He worked late at nights. He worked on the weekends, and I was just like, I don't don't want to work as hard as you, Dad. And he's got that yellow, uh, that yellow uh, legal. Bound paper just jotting down notes Mm -hmm. with uh with uh you know red markers on just big thick textbooks on the (laughs) dinner table and i was i don't i'd never want to do that dad i never want to do that and uh but he always kind of gently nudged me throughout my life to to do it especially throughout college and and when i worked for the band after i graduated college but and, and this is where i think where the writing aspect came from is um I remember being in 10th grade and um, uh, the, our 10th grade English teacher was was kind of like, kind of like Professor Snape. He was British <sighs> and he was really scary, but he had a really great sense of humor and it was really deadpan. You didn't know if he was messing with you or if he was mad at you. I remember we had a parent teacher conference and I wasn't a, I wasn't a strong student in high school. We went into that conference. I thought it was going to be a disaster. And he ended up telling my dad that I was a very strong writer. And I was like, what? I kind of had a Fresh Prince moment. Like it just had a dumbfounded look on my face. I was like, are you serious? um, So so I guess kind of carried that in the back of my mind for the rest of high school. And then I ended up getting into Hamilton College out in uh, um, upstate New York. And Hamilton College is named after Alexander Hamilton. And they just drilled it into us in orientation that the school was going to stress writing. And they talked about that. Alexander Hamilton was always writing, and, and yeah, at the time it's just like okay, so he so he wrote a lot. But then when I was when I became a lawyer, then they're like, oh yeah, well he read, he wrote the Federalist Papers. He helped, he was at the Constitutional Convention, and and seeing the musical on Disney Plus last year, I was just like, oh my god, yeah, that guy did write a lot. He <laughs> yes. was very foundational. Wow, <laughs>
1: it's a whole song about it.
0: This guy like built America, <laughs> and then so I look back at Hamilton College, which every single class I took had a writing component you had to write a paper and uh, they always sent us to the to the writing clinic that was in one of the buildings and uh, they had numerous numerous uh, writing tutors so without even knowing it you know kind of writing has always been kind of hammered into me and then I graduated in 2008 went back to work for the band that's when the itch to become a lawyer started to started to rise and then um, and then I get to law school and what what do you need to be to, to do well in law school like writing is like half of what you do in, in law mm-hmm. school so so I think that all that stuff before was kind of like in a way hey this is what's coming in your life you're gonna be a lawyer and this is what you're gonna need and it's just like wow kind of weird
1: well that's that's great I can see that and even just being able to communicate clearly and to talk even uh, and express yourself in ways that are beneficial to the tribe. Um, and then of course, like even with TikTok being able to communicate there <laughs> <Yeah>. and um, <laughs> having some moments of, of clarity and teaching yeah. uh, even, even in that realm too. So,
0: yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta have a beginning, middle, and end. You gotta let you know where you, where you're taking your viewers, and something to hammer it home. <laughs> nice,
2: nice,
1: Like here's the abstract for my tic- TikTok video. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I think we have one more uh, question here, Cole.
2: Yeah, um, I actually asked our dad, William, if he had any questions that he'd ask you, uh, and he. This is the one that he asked. Do you see yourself as chief executive of the Malak's Band of Ojibwe someday? Holy (laughs) smoke.
0: I, I, you know, I always kind of viewed leadership as kind of one of those things that the people got to want it because I, I, I guess I've just always viewed leadership as kind of a servant Mm -hmm. role and, and people got to, people got to choose you. You know, that's not something I mean, you, you can, you can certainly run for office. People do it all day. Um, but I guess uh, for me, you know, if that's something that uh, the people of Mille Lacs wanted, I'd, I'd think about it. <laughs> I like that.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much, Sinjin, for taking time to chat with us. Miigwech. Yeah, miigwech.
0: Miigwech for having <laughs> me.
2: So thank you to Sinjin Kanasatega.
1: Yes. Thank you, Sinjin. Sinjin Kanasatega is a lawyer for the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe and TikTok content creator.
2: Nice. I'm Cole Primo.
1: And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening.
2: Giga Wapman. Giga
1: Wapman. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.